the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back into the Bruce Hooley Show. For those of you watching online, coffee's an antioxidant. And the desk looked a little oxidized, so I was just cleaning the desk. <laughs> My goodness, I spun that like a Biden, didn't I? <clears throat> so I'm taking your calls, 844-TALK-989. Do you think that Hunter Biden uh, is being transparent in wanting to publicly testify instead of having a closed-door meeting with lawmakers, or maybe you want to tell me about your favorite Christmas tradition. Do you have one? What is it? Why do you love it? Or maybe you have one you don't like. So here's an interesting, I don't know if it's a Christmas tradition, but Gayla Cauley at the Boston Herald wrote this story today. Boston City Hall roiled by email party invitation for electeds of color. Only problem is it was sent to everyone. A Wu administration official, Cauley writes, on behalf of the mayor, mistakenly sent all Boston city councilors an email Tuesday inviting them to a holiday party that was meant exclusively for, quote, electeds of color, end quote, prompting an apology and mixed reactions. Denise DeSantos, the mayor's director of city council relations, told the body's honorable members that on behalf of Mayor Michelle Wu, she was cordially inviting each of them and a guest to the electeds of color holiday party on Wednesday, December 13th, 530 tonight. Get down there. It's at uh, the Parkman House, 33 Beacon Street. If you're an elected of color in Boston. Approximately 15 minutes later, though, uh, Dos Santos sent out a follow up email to city councilors apologizing for the prior email which was apparently only meant for those who were invited. The body includes seven white counselors and six of color. I wanted to apologize for my previous email regarding a holiday party for tomorrow. Dos Santos, a Cape Verde black woman, wrote, I did send that to everyone by accident, and I apologize if my email may have offended or come across as so. Sorry for any confusion this may have caused. Now, Frank Baker, he's an outgoing city councilor. He's white. He described the mayor's decision to exclude someone uh, as unfortunate and divisive, but said he was not offended personally 
He said, I don't really get offended too easily. To offend me, you're going to have to do much more than not invite me into a party. Well, Counselor Brian Orell, who is black and is vying for council presidency or was vying for council presidency before tentatively agreeing to become the body's vice president next term, defended the invitation. However, saying that the holiday party is simply another example of reflecting, quote, all kinds of specific groups in city government. But I thought the invitation said for electeds of color, not all kinds of specific groups. Uh, We make space in spaces for all kinds of specific groups in the city and city government, Worrell said in a statement. This is no different. And the elected officials of color has been around for more than a decade. Oh, so that must be an official body because I think elected officials of color have been around for a lot longer than that, pal. In an email to Dos Santos and her colleagues, Counselor Tanya Fernandez Anderson, two last names. Jeff, what do you think that means? You think she's ultra conservative? (laughs) Shaking his head. No, I don't think she is either. She describes herself as an African immigrant and Muslim American woman. She was more candid, saying, there's no need to apology, to, to apologies at all. There's no need for apologies at all is how she said it, actually. Your email should not offend anyone, and there's absolutely no confusion. Just like there are groups that meet based on shared interests or cultural backgrounds, it's completely natural for elected officials of color to gather for a holiday celebration. By golly. What do you think, Jeff, what do you think would have happened if the seven white counselors had sent an email and said, we're going to invite you to the white elected Christmas party, Christmas party for the white electeds. How do you think that would have gone over? I mean, you can see the headlines today. They would have called it a Klan meeting. Is what they would have done. Or what if they said, we're going to have a Christmas party with Republicans? I mean, that would actually make sense. Because I don't know that a lot of progressives believe in God, to be totally transparent. How do you think that would have gone over? Do you, do you think, do you think uh, let's see, Fernandez Anderson would say there's no need to apologize? Or do you think that um, the other gentleman, Brian Worrell, would have said, this shows all kinds of specific groups. White people are groups. Republicans are groups. And you all can meet in your your own parties. You can uh, just meet based on color or, or, or political party. Now, I'm certain that there are caucus parties for certain lawmakers. But I'm just saying if you're the if you're the mayor and you're sending out an email and you're inviting people of color to a Christmas party but not inviting the white electeds are you still the party that pushes diversity, equity and inclusion? Because that doesn't seem very inclusive to me. But you know, I I probably have I'm probably have white fragility, right? I probably don't understand it. I probably have baked into my schema 
baked into my emotions and attitude and personality, this systemic racism that I can't really speak. You know, I got to tell you this quick story. This is the funniest thing. It's actually the saddest thing. Um, so I've, I've, I kind of fell into the news business, and I'll tell you that on another segment. But I'll never forget. I was in a, a local independent online news agency in central Ohio, and I was talking with the president of the company, and I was kind of the number two guy. My job was – it was manifold. I had to generate revenue, build the revenue division, build the sales team, create new strategies and, and income generating opportunities, also got to weigh in on some of the news side of the business. And it was just – it was a cool gig, honestly. But we were having this discussion once, and it was it was after the young man wearing the MAGA hat was in D.C., and the Native American guy aggressively confronted him, but photographs made it look like the young man was actually being aggressive toward the provocative person who was uh, a person of color or a, a, an indigenous person. I guess that's the proper way to say it now. And I'll never forget this discussion. I, w- I was talking and I said, I just think that this is, this is being reported the wrong. And he said, I'll never forget this. Jack, we're white males. We should just sit down and shut up. Our, our time of talking and weighing in is over. We need to spend some years here listening to these people and, and not expressing our views, not expressing our ideas, not expressing our opinions. This is, this is something we don't understand. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if we flip that script and if if we had a white elected Christmas party and we got blowback and we just said look it, it, you really just need to sit down because you're not white you, you can't weigh in on this because it's it's kind of outside your purview crazy world we live in gang stay tuned more on the other side of the break Welcome back into the Bruce Hooley Show. Jack Windsor here, riding along with you today as you're out Christmas shopping or hanging out with you in the office or, I don't know, maybe you're home decorating for the holidays. I mean, your decorations are probably already up or, or what, less than two weeks away from the big day. Hey, I want to direct you, though, to the legacy on possumrun.com. The holidays, that's a time when a lot of people get engaged. They pop the question. So you might have that gut feeling that your significant other is going to propose to you or maybe your son or daughter is uh, letting you in on the little secret that it's coming. And the first thing that you have to do is secure a venue. That's it. You can't line up a DJ. You can't pick your uh, caterer, photographer, none of those things until you get a date and a venue secured. So that's the first step. When you go to the legacy on possumrun.com, you'll find out why – Many in central Ohio are raving about the venue and choosing it for their wedding in 2024. It's booked in 25, even uh, I think into 26. We have a couple there. Whitney and I do run the venue, so we benefit when you purchase from us. But when you go to the legacy on possumrun.com, you'll see why so many others are. It is beautiful. It's uniquely beautiful. Three spaces, greenhouse, barn, 
rustic great room with a rainbow bridge and indoor waterfall. It looks like you're outside, but you're actually inside, protected from the elements and um, heat and air controlled. You'll get to see the calendar, so the dates are open uh, if they're listed. Pricing's right there for you. There's no guesswork. And then make sure you check out the supply closet. I know more pictures are going up, but you get to see the stuff that you get for free when you book the venue. And that's super cool because it's going to save you hundreds of dollars. So get over to the Legacy on Possum Run at thelegacyonpossumrun.com. Your legacy begins here. So I want to talk about Donald J. Trump. And I want to talk about him through the lens of the 24 election and the January 6th jurisprudence about to be released on the former president. And for all intents and purposes, when you look at poll numbers, earlier this week, I saw that he was up in Michigan by 10 points. 10 points. I don't think that he ever led in Michigan prior to the 2020 election in a, in a full poll. So that's significant. He's up in other key battleground states. Now, conspiracy-minded people say that's the left trying to dupe Republicans into making this a foregone conclusion. Newsflash, it's already a foregone conclusion. Trump's polling at like 75% in the GOP. He's going to win the nomination. The question is, what happens after he wins the nomination? I believe the great last hope of Democrats and progressives is twofold. You're already hearing it with this panic-induced media frenzy, which is totally bogus, by the way. When you hear people say, he's going to be on his revenge tour. He's going to lock up his political opponents. He's going to end democracy as we know it. We don't have a democracy. We have a representative republic, constitutional republic, not a pure democracy. Uh, <clears throat> but, you know, who's, who's keeping track? Clay Travis and Buck Sexton did a great job of pointing this out a couple of weeks ago. And I, I want to tip my cap to them. They said, if there was ever a time that Donald Trump was going to take over, it would have been during covid when even Republican governors like Mike DeWine grabbed power, said the government's going to decide that for you. Who can stay open? Who can't? Who needs to mask? Who shouldn't? Whether you should have a curfew. I mean, the whole nine yards, we lived it. It was traumatic. Do you know what Donald Trump did? He said, that's a state's issue. We're going to let the states decide. That's what he said. He didn't grab power. He also didn't fire Anthony Fauci. <laughs> uh, Anthony Fauci was a thorn in his side and, and probably somebody who was a contrast to Donald Trump that was making him look bad. And in retrospect, Anthony Fauci is one of the biggest frauds in the history of this country. But Donald Trump didn't fire him. Isn't it interesting that as we look at Donald Trump's life, his the, the allegations of his criminality have exponentially grown and, and charges have exponentially manifested after he became president and called Washington, D.C. what it is, a swamp. A place where people go to get power, keep power and run the world. 
be damned flyover country. We don't care what you think. We've got the gears here in D.C. So what is this jurisprudence that Trump is up against? We're going to talk about it today. I'm trying to get a special guest to join us tomorrow that is going to talk about one of the cases coming against Trump. But here's what you need to understand. Defense attorneys have coined the term January 6th jurisprudence to describe the treatment received by the more than 1,200 defendants arrested so far in connection with the events of January 6th, 2021. The carve-out legal system involves the unprecedented and possibly unlawful use of a corporate evidence tampering statute, excessive prison sentences, and indefinite periods of pretrial incarceration, and the designation of nonviolent offenses as federal crimes of terrorism. A universal feature is the requirement that a January 6th defendant, usually a supporter of Donald Trump, face trial in Washington, D.C., a city overwhelmingly populated by Democrats. Federal judges have denied every change of venue motion filed in January 6th cases, arguing those who protested at the Capitol can get a fair trial in the nation's capital. Bunk. The results so far appear to contradict the court's collective conclusion. Court records show the jury selection process has repeatedly revealed a strong degree of bias against anyone tied to January 6th. At least 130 defendants have been convicted at trial. Not one has been acquitted by a jury. Not one. And hundreds have been sentenced to prison time ranging from seven days to 22 years. Defense lawyers say this track record helps explain why the vast majority of defendants have opted for a plea deal rather than going to trial. What does the Sixth Amendment say? Sixth Amendment guarantees the rights of criminal defendants, including the right to a public trial without unnecessary delay. 2021 is when this happened. Unnecessary. That, that is an unnecessary delay. You have a right to a lawyer. You have a right to an impartial jury. There is no impartial jury in Washington, D.C. While special counsel Jack Smith's team and Trump's counsel spar over a number of issues, perhaps the biggest dispute will concern whether it will be possible to seat an impartial jury for the presumptive 2024 GOP nominee in a city that voted 92 percent for Joe Biden in 2020. Does that sound impartial to you, Jeff? That's the kind of jurisprudence that Donald Trump is facing. We're going to talk about this quite a lot in the days ahead. Um, But for right now, we're going to head into hour number two. We'll be joined by uh, Lisa Chaffee. She's going to tell us about the special she'll appear on Sunday at 9 p.m. So stay tuned for that. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, 
and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.